Back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We both write for DLF, and this is part of the DLF family of podcasts. Thanks for joining us again at the Crossroads, where we talk about one player every week from both a film and a metrics point of view, and to try to come to some sort of consensus or an understanding of where the film and the analytics disagree with each other. Jake, who are we talking about this week? We actually ran a Twitter poll, right? We did, and it was it was it was up in the air. We were actually gonna we thought we might talk about your boy Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's been a hot topic, especially on waiver wires and redraft leagues. And um, you know, some people have dusting off the cobwebs in their dynasty leagues and and have been putting him into starting rosters. So he was a guy that we thought we might talk about, and then. Uh, we decided to throw Josh Rosen in there in the Twitter poll, and Josh Rosen narrowly won the Twitter poll. So that's the player that we're going to be discussing tonight. Yeah, and um, good things don't happen to me. That's the truth, Jake. Otherwise, we would be talking about Tyler Boyd. I even quizzed Matt Waldman when he was gracious enough to come on with us about Tyler Boyd and still came away muttering about how he could be good. Um, so, But no, that's not who we're talking about today. We're talking about a quarterback, Josh Rosen put in at the worst possible time with almost no time literally left to do anything so that was that was a pretty bad first showing um but the cardinals need something <laughs> something to shake up their season and it's clearly not coming from their coaching staff so hopefully josh rosen might have some um, something beneficial to offer the team in this uh, terrible season they're having so far i don't know i've been throwing it to you a lot to start with and i think it's because i have to talk first and so i thought i'd give you a break uh frankly and uh, talk first about josh rosen and um, we're mostly doing rookie evaluation essentially in season um, nothing in the first year of a quarterback is going to happen that we can really use to judge a player on i was saying that about deshaun watson last year where even though it was positive doesn't mean we really know much more about what he can do especially since he was only able to play four games or so. And Jimmy Garoppolo suffered the same problem where the first year we saw him as a real starter and we couldn't draw too many conclusions of because so much changes um, after the first season. Most quarterbacks that hit uh, start to hit in the third season and if they do nothing in their first season, it's really not a concern, historically at least, looking at when quarterbacks break out and what they did the year before. Um, that I wrote that up on an article I did for FS Statistics and... Um, Literally, when do quarterbacks tend to break out? So going back to college, Josh Rosen only played, really only played two years because his sophomore year in 2015, I think it was, um, he was injured and only played six games where the team was struggling already and they they fought their way to a 3-3 three and three season at that point. So he's got a lack of attempts and we're seeing what that can do with Mitch Trubisky, I think. Um, a quarterback who simply does not have a large, college, large enough college resume can struggle when they enter the NFL. And other quarterbacks like... Like uh, Jared Goff also suffered from a similar problem um, where they simply maybe have not had the experience they need um, to succeed early uh, in their NFL career by the time they get into the NFL. So that's uh, the first problem with uh, Rosen is that we simply 
didn't get to see him as a starter for long enough because of that missed second season. It also means he's entered the NFL at a young age, which is both a positive and a negative from a dynasty standpoint. Um, it'll probably take longer for him to break out. It'll also probably mean we get him in the NFL for a longer period of time if he does succeed, which makes him interesting uh, for someone to have on your roster when you don't have to get rid of someone um, from that roster on a yearly basis. So those are just some quick, uh, a quick overview of the type of things I find important um, for quarterbacks and a rookie prospect. Um, perhaps the most important is that he was drafted in the top 12 of the first round. He wasn't projected there. A lot of people have him as a day two pick because of some of the concerns uh, around his overall profile. But being drafted uh, literally in the top 12 of the first round, that's just a lot higher hit rate than any other type of quarterback. Most are drafted in the first round if they have any kind of potential, which makes players like Tom Brady or Dak Prescott just that much, or Tony Romo for that matter, just that much more unlikely and impressive. So Josh Rosen's got that going in his favor as well. Uh, what are your f- overall impressions of him from college? So just to start off, I have a question. Uh, you talked about not playing enough games. Is there a threshold that you're looking for as far as how many starts for a college quarterback? Um, well, yeah, you can come up with a bunch of thresholds uh, depending on what you like. The one I normally hear mentioned is um, uh, a thousand attempts. So you break it down by attempts and starts. Josh Rosen crosses that threshold, but not in complete season. If you drop his um, 2015 season out because he only played six games, then he has less than a thousand attempts. Just curious about that. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh Rosen, I think for me, he was a guy that was uh, based on just film specifically he was my quarterback one in this class for fantasy purposes he was probably quarterback two for me uh it was kind of kept going back and forth with him and mayfield there um just because obviously rosen is not a guy that's going to have much rushing at all in, in his game he's not going to rush for many yards he's not that kind of quarterback he's a stand in the pocket type of passer um, but just from a skills-based standpoint and from a film evaluating standpoint this is a guy that was my favorite quarterback in the last couple of years. Um, you know, ahead of Mahomes, ahead of Trubisky. And again, this isn't necessarily from a fantasy standpoint. It's just from what I what I like to see out of quarterbacks. And um, there's a lot of nuance to his game where uh, I think he diagnoses the field really well. He recognizes defense. He goes through progressions. He has the best fundamentals that I've seen in a long time. Uh, really quiet feet, ability to step up in the pocket. He climbs the pocket as well as any quarterback prospect I've seen in a long time. Um, Did you say quiet feet? Quiet feet. So quiet feet is just um, he has a, he has a very good control over his body, and he's not taking unnecessary steps, um, whether that's okay. laterally or, or stepping up in the pocket or working back in the pocket. Um, I think his drops are really good. Um, his five-step, seven-foot drops, he gets out of there really quickly. And that's something that um, he did a little bit of a TV special with Aaron Rodgers where he was doing some training with him. Um, and Aaron Rodgers talked about you know how important it is to get out of those sets really quickly. And um, obviously the special was after, you know, this was like during the pre-draft process. But just going back to his college film, um, he's really good at getting out of um, – under center and into his dropbacks, and he sets his feet quietly. He gets into a rhythm. Um, so I think when he is in rhythm and he does have the ability um, to step up in the pocket, he's extremely good. His short to intermediate accuracy um, is exceptional. Uh, he's not the best deep ball passer um, that you will see. He's not going to stretch the field. 
Um, maybe as well as, you know, obviously a Patrick Mahomes or somebody with a little bit bigger arm strength. And it's not that his, his arm strength isn't there. Um, is the, the accuracy on his deep ball isn't quite as good. Uh, but he's really good uh, across the middle of the field, um, throwing to his tight ends in college he was really good at. Um, so I, I'm excited about his prospects, but obviously we've watched the first three weeks, and this Arizona <laughs> offense has been really bad. And Mike Mike McCoy has been atrocious as an offensive coordinator, not being able to utilize David Johnson correctly. Uh, I think Larry Fitz has like seven targets, which is – um, pretty disgusting. Um, so I just I, it's really infuriating to see what's been going on in that offense because I did have some high hopes. Obviously, as a David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald owner, um, so we'll see if he can be the spark plug. I mean, we saw it with Baker Mayfield as soon as he got on that field, that whole offense, that whole team had a little bit different. Um, attitude and, and just energy and we'll see if josh rosen can pull that out of his team or if the coaching staff was just too far gone do you think rosen can have that kind of impact on a team i, th- I think he can he's not going to have the same energy as baker mayfield obviously baker's very uh lack of lack of a better word flamboyant <laughs> um but i think you know, quarterbacks can lead in other ways and pick up their teammates in other ways other than being um, kind of in your face. I think he's definitely more of a quiet, soft-spoken guy. But, um, you know, if the team buys into his leadership, and, and listen, it's going to come down to how he plays. And if he, you know, if he can have a good game this week against a tough defense, um, or at least relatively tough pass defense at least, um, I think that that could really strike um, an upswing for that offense. Yeah, I have concerns. Um, I did not like most of the criticisms of Rosen, which isn't a great reason to be high on a player, just to be contrary, but he's mostly criticized for stuff that doesn't matter. Unfortunately, yeah. there are things that do matter that I have some concerns on. Um, as a prospect, he, he, he looks like a guy who's going to take time. He looks like a Jared Goff um, or even a Mitch Trubisky, again, just because of the number of attempts he has under his belt. Um, but also the level of efficiency he reached in college. As I said before, I don't have a lot of proof that anything in college for quarterbacks tracks well, but what I tend to turn to um, since he started doing it is Sean Slavin, at Slavin22 on Twitter. He created a TNEA stat, which is just a way of measuring efficiency in college, but includes rushing stats, and since it didn't exist, he's had to go out, run all the numbers down, and create it himself. It's a really huge endeavor. And it's definitely something people should check out. He's got it posted all online for free. And he uh, he writes about it and other things at 2QBs.com. Um, he's, he's pretty much my favorite QB evaluator from a stats perspective at this point. Anyway, um, Josh Rosen never broke out in college. That's a big concern. Again, I can't tell you that breaking out or even the age at which you break out is an extremely positive thing for a quarterback. There's, there's just... Let's think of it as a mystery of what makes a good quarterback. And I think everyone can understand that when we see all the different types of players that a quarterback can be in order to be successful or make certain plays or different kinds of plays to be successful for fantasy, at least in the NFL, from Tyrod Taylor to Drew Brees, right? Um, But based on efficiency, which is the way Sean's been looking at it with TNEA, (coughs) which is literally NEA, 
but with the T in front of it. Um, he never reached a level that we considered to be a breakout. He did not cross the threshold of a first-round draft pick. That That's worrying. Um, he almost got there in his first season, then obviously his second season was nixed because he only started six games. And his third season, um, Sean literally wrote, it's the worst efficiency season from any quarterback pretty much drafted in the first round. And the names that go along with that efficiency that were drafted are not names that you want on your fantasy team now or ever. So that's really worrying. And he, he just, he didn't, and maybe it was because of his missed season. And I think that could have a lot to do with it, especially since there's so many positive things you can see from how he played. He just hadn't got there by the time he came back. And when he came back, maybe he was hampered by his injury. I'm not writing him off because of this, because I don't have great numbers on how well that translates and there are other ways of measuring a breakout like player profiler measures it by when um when is it uh, when a quarterback um gets a qbr of 50 or higher and they measure him as breaking out at age 18.6 which is really young um and it, actually in the 98th percentile for a breakout so depending on how you measure breakout josh rosen comes out different ways but um, like I say, I really like Sean's stat that he's ran down. And so that's just really concerning for me. Um, he also did this. He compared quarterbacks across all, all the metrics and TNEA since uh, I think he went all the way back to 2004. Um, and again, Josh Rosen came out positively in terms of long-term success. He had a good bet at being a decent quarterback or even a great or good, shall we say, quarterback in the NFL but he might take longer to actually start doing that. And very, very, very low in terms of his immediate readiness for NFL success. And again, that's why he ended up getting compared to, well, so he also compared to uh, the Blaine Gabbitts of the world, but he also had some comparable traits in terms of his, his efficiency in college to Matt Ryan and, um, and Jared Goff. So, that's concerning to me for this year, being thrown in a what looks like an awful situation with mismanaged play, great good players on this roster being mismanaged. And this, to me, looks like a player who's going to take time to figure it out in the NFL. So a quick question. What, you know, according to uh, Slavin's efficiency metrics, what made him so inefficient his last year at UCLA? Good question. There's a lot that goes into TNEA. Um uh, I, was, I was looking for the description. Because just just looking from a stats standpoint, right? He played he played eleven games. He had four hundred and fifty plus attempts. His completion percentage was sixty two point six. He threw for over thirty seven hundred yards. Yeah, he had a twenty six touchdown to ten interception rate. Um, so I mean that doesn't seem horribly inefficient to me. So I'm just curious what could make him so bad in that. Well, those are mostly counting stats. Um, and well, I understand, but like, so what, where is he inefficient though? Okay. Uh, well, TNEA is a schedule adjusted um, for era. So he takes into account when these players were playing. That's the first thing to note and why I think it's sophisticated and a seriously hard work hard-working attempt to create something for college prospects. Um, it's a version of AYA, if you know what that is, uh, but it also includes rushing uh, rushing and sacks. Essentially, it measures... Um, I'm just going to read his description here. Um, like I say, it's free online. It measures how many yards per play a QB averages while accounting for TDs and interceptions. 
It is uh, it is his favorite QB efficiency metric since it incorporates every part of their game while adjusting for the schedule and the era. No, I think I think that makes sense. I just want to make sure that myself and and the listeners understand. Like if I was to say it in a shorter sentence, it's how many yards and touchdowns he's getting per attempt in college. Um, getting minus marks for interceptions and plus marks for rushing. So that's why he was inefficient. He wasn't getting enough yards and touchdowns um, compared to his interceptions per play while he was in college. Yeah, I understand that. And I think that's definitely uh, his rushing totals. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably (laughs) hurt. I think must must have been killing him because he had negative 97 in his final year at UCLA. So... um, I don't know how that's possible. Um, <laughs> so I think, I for me, I think that's, I understand where that's coming from, but for me, I think that's disregarding how good of he is as a passer. And yes, he's not a rusher, but like you said, uh, you know, like Matt Ryan, there are certain quarterbacks that are not going to pick up like any rushing yards that are really good quarterbacks. And I understand that um, basically if he's not going to be a rusher at all, he's got to be like extremely good as a passer. Right. But I do think he has that in his range of outcomes. Yeah, and it doesn't discount the possibility. It just says he might struggle early because he's got a lack of attempts and he wasn't earning as many touchdowns and um, uh, yards per attempt as most players drafted in the top 12 um, of the NFL draft since 2004 yeah i don't think i don't i mean all of his numbers were better as senior other than well, the counting's minus counting 97 well then what's what's different though like if you're gonna say it's it's counting stats besides his rushing total of minus 97 i just don't really see how much it's that much because it's actually his best even if it's counting stats it was his best year of his career yeah, reaching heights and counting stats doesn't mean anything. I mean, that's what you're always going, uh, mentioning, sorry, <laughs> when, when, I, when I talk about comparing quarterbacks based on market share. One season is very different to another, let alone one team to another. And so if you find the schedule somehow easier in one year and you get higher counting stats, or in fact, comparable counting stats in 2017 compared to 2015, you might just be seeing noise. And in fact, more often than not, when we test it, it is noise. So I can't tell you they're getting 37,000, oh, not 3,700 plus yards in 2017. I can't compare that to his 3,600 yards in 2015 because there's just too much that goes into making that number. I mean, he did play in two less games in 2017 than 2015. And then are, are all those efficiency metrics, um, like you, you noted everything that goes into um, – counting stats like um his offensive line is the the other players on his team his schedule all that's being accounted for in these other efficiency metrics no more so than efficiency metrics in the nfl i mean it's not a it's a slightly different world but it's the same kind of world right um efficiency metrics can be noisy all of this the the football as a game is a small sample size games in general most things are small sample sizes and so efficiency can be high or low because of because of the complexity of these numbers. What efficiency is trying to do is tell you how that player is doing in that situation. I just I, I have to imagine that that negative ninety seven number is really killing his outlook. 
Yeah, I, I think most of us are aware of these stats, but it is worth revisiting what they actually mean. You know, AYA sounds ridiculous once you have to say it more than twice. So, um, What it means is adjusted yards per attempt. So it's modifying yards per attempt based on how many touchdowns you get and how many interceptions you get. Uh, it gives people bonuses for getting touchdowns per attempt, and then it uh, gives them discounts for interceptions. So interceptions could be the 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 fault of the receiver, right? Or a particularly good play of the defender. And all TNEA does, well, all, but what TNEA does or what Sean's trying to do is include bonuses for rushing yards as well. Because rushing tends to lead to early success for quarterbacks and he wanted some way... So for for Josh Rosen, according to sport, uh, pro, uh, sportreference.com, um, so his YA, his yards attempt were 8.3 his final year, and his AYA was 8.5. What's a quarterback that that's much better than Josh Rosen? Besides, like an extreme rushing quarterback. Um, he he was fairly high on Rosen. It's worth pointing out. But let's pull up Baker Mayfield. He rates him as elite. Josh Rosen's TNEA score. So um, it comes out to six point seven one, and he describes that as mediocre. And then we're looking at Baker Mayfield, someone who blew the top off of efficiency charts including tnea he ranks him as an 8.94 um and that's apparently the difference between mediocre and elite um in tnea sam donald had uh an aya of 8.5 just like josh rosen in his final year and so for tnea um sean has sam donald ranked as a 7.82 which means good so again, the rushing um, is creating this tiering system where it goes Josh Rosen, mediocre, Sam Donald um, at 7.82 being good, and then Baker Mayfield over 8 being elite. And again, that just goes back to the saying where rushing has this connection to success in the NFL, especially early. And also, number of attempts, uh, ignoring all efficiency metrics, just a quarterback who's thrown for 1,104 from memory, something like that. Um, Josh memories, Josh, that's the number of attempts Josh Rosen has attempted in college compared to a player like, uh, I don't know who to compare him to now. Let's turn in Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker Mayfield uh, threw for over 1,400 attempts. So a difference of 300, which is an entire season. So again, I, I I don't want these to bury Josh Rosen. Like, I'm hopeful. I like the prospect. I thought most of the negative stuff that come out came out about him during the draft process was noise. Yeah, it was most, mostly attitude stuff, which is... And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to sound like all roses here with uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, I, I do like him a lot, and the situation does scare me. Um, the fact that he does have some weapons there, I think, is encouraging. I think this could be a nice little breakout for Christian Kirk. We saw him, Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk, played in some all-star games in high school. They, they seem to have a nice rapport. Um, he was targeted uh, a decent amount when he came in uh, last week, and he was targeted a ton in the preseason. And that's another thing. You can go back and watch that uh, Saints game, Saints versus Cardinals preseason game, um, and see some of the flashes that Josh Rosen showed in that game. As far as stepping in on the pocket, uh, showing his arm strength across the middle. And he's a fearless quarterback, too, and that can get him in trouble a little bit. Sometimes uh, he, he does – he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes and he's not Patrick Mahomes, um, right. which can get him in trouble. But uh, the thing is that I don't think he's going to be self-defeated, 
and I think he can come back from adversity. So even if he does struggle this year, that's definitely not a guy that I'm counting out this year. And I'm not, I'm certainly not saying you are, um, but I think he's mentally tough and, and he's a, you know, he's a fighter. Where'd you, where'd you have Rosen in your rookie quarterback ranks? We, we talked about this on some episode when we were talking about Lamar Jackson I had Sam Darnold and Rosen over Jackson, I think. Yeah, okay. And as far I think we should talk a little bit about value. I think some Dynasty listeners would be interested in um, are you buying, are you selling in Superflex leagues? Um, what are you doing with Rosen right in now? In Superflex or two QB leagues, if you can buy a QB, you just go do it. <laughs> I think that is the order of my answer. But, yeah, I, I like enough about him um, and also his team. Like you said, I th- – I really just don't understand what they're doing right now. Like, David Johnson, like you said, isn't getting targeted. His target share is actually fine. It's just where they're not treating him like a receiver. They think if they just throw him the ball at any time, he'll go run for 100 yards. I mean, come on. Um, they're just bad. But um, where was I going with that? But um, I do like David Johnson, obviously. I still think he's an elite talent. Uh, I still think Larry Fitzgerald is easily a top 24 wide receiver in this league. Um, and I love Christian Kirk as a rookie profile. I, he was my number two ranked wide receiver. So I, I even like Chad Williams. Uh, if we like to talk about a guy who gets all the talent and Larry Fitzgerald s- says can't drop the ball, but he can't catch the ball in a game, which is a weird thing. Yeah, I think we were, but I think we didn't understand how long that leash was. And I think we did see... Uh, Sam Darnold get a nice little pickup um, once he was named the starter. I just uh, so I just pulled up August DLF Superflex ADP. So at least you know we're dealing with Superflex leagues because obviously the the quarterback ranks shifted or the ADP shifted when I went from um, one QB to two QB league. So at least we can kind of um, we we see that some of these younger quarterbacks get at least a small bump here. Um, so Josh Rosen. Or Dak Prescott. Oh, God, there's a conversation of itself. Um, I've been buying <laughs> Dak Prescott on the basis that everyone's value dropped on him because he did worse than his great season, and that was bad process. But it's been really worse. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> That coaching staff, too, is really bad. Dak Prescott can run, I guess. I would rather have someone on the Arizona Cardinals than the Cowboys because I don't think the Cowboys are going to change anytime soon. So you would trade Dak for Rosen right now? I'm almost ready to bail on that. And so, yeah, what what the hell? I have an opinion, right? Yeah, I'd take Josh Rosen. I, I'd take the mystery. Um, Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, I'm waiting on yeah. Trubisky. He's another guy who just didn't have a lot of attempts in college, came out early. Was it the Bills that he asked, should I come out? I remember some I story remember. when he was in the draft know. where he, he asked his local team, like, do you think I should declare? And they said yes. And I think it was the Bills. And that would make perfect sense that the Bills would ruin someone else's career and not even draft him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I still got hope for Trubisky. I, I think this is a development period. We can probably – I wouldn't be surprised if we see this much early struggling from Rosen either. So I'll probably stick sure. with Trubisky. He's, he's okay. burned a little, a little bit of that learning period off already. Yeah, I, I mean, just in concluding, I'm, I'm a big Rosen fan – uh, but the situation's scary. Some of the metrics that you pointed out are scary. And again, I've, I've, I do understand the difference between real life and fantasy. And I've always said that his floor or his ceiling isn't as high in fantasy just because he does have to turn into one of the best 
you know, pocket passers in the league to become viable. Um, you know, he'd have, he does have to become Drew Brees if you want him to be a top five quarterback, um, which is which is probably not going to happen. So I understand that you don't want to go too high on him in, in fantasy, but I am a fan of his. I'm pulling for him. Um, but that coaching situation is scary. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely fallen a little bit for me. Um, you know, he probably would have been my, you know, if you're taking Baker 102 in, in Superflex rookie drafts, he probably would have been my, you know, I probably would have taken Geis ahead of him. Um, and he probably would have been right in that 10, 104 range there for me. So, uh, But we've seen how much that changed as far as all these rookies. All right, guys, um, thanks for visiting us at the Crossroads. I hope we at least provided some information, or at least a fun 30 minutes talking about football and Josh uh, Rosen a little bit. Um, one thing I did want to mention before we get out of here is the quantedge.com, Elliot Kreiss' new site that he's managing. Um, he came on to talk about it with us for a while in one of our past episodes. They're actually doing a huge sale this Friday, so I'm going to rush to try and edit this so we can get it out before Friday. Um, so be sure to go check out Elliot Kreiss' Twitter handle, which jo- which um, which Jake will tell you in a moment because I don't know it off heart, uh, which Jake will tell you in a moment because I don't know it by heart, um, or go to thequantedge.com this Friday. They're having a major sale and there's some really interesting tools for in-season analysis to see what happens when a player is removed from the lineup because of injury. So be sure to go check out thequantedge.com and Jake has a promo code for you all. He'll be tweeting that out throughout the week as well. Um, so check out Jake's page as well, or go to the Dynasty Crossroads handle at Dino Crossroads um, to vote in next week's Twitter poll if we run one, or tell us what we did wrong, because that's always fun on Twitter. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming down to the Crossroads. I had fun as I always do, um, and we will see you again next week. Later. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads. They film it. If you play Madden, you know better. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. And that would make perfect sense that the Bills would ruin someone else's career and not even draft it. The Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything. The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the key. Sorry for the pun there. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything. If you play Madden, you know better. You can find Elliot Christ at Elliot Christ on Twitter. That's E L I O T C R I S T.